0: Now I'm rocking with the best Only
1: two things can get you through this, man Patience and persistence Work harder than everyone Be patient and just know that if you're gonna do something on your own You're gonna have to feel some pain You're only the boss if you put up your own money If you don't put up your own money I don't care how much somebody gives you You're nothing but a supervisor It's not yours It it takes fearlessness to be first You know, to not move with a crowd, to move alone I stopped living according to what people wanted me to do I started living according to
0: what actually made me happy if you're not happy change your life
1: allow me to reintroduce myself the culture talks podcast with your host carlis stutzer
0: good afternoon ladies and gentlemen it is your boy ci double you dig live accent from kansas city missouri you feel me Look, we're back again with another episode of the Culture Talks podcast. And here I am to tell you that I'm back with another fire guest. I tell y'all all the time, yo, wait till next week. I'm gonna come back with another fire guest. And for some reason, I feel like y'all don't believe me, but y'all should start believing me because I've been consistent with it. So again, we got another dope gentleman here today with us today. We're gonna talk about, you know, things from business, spirituality, get to know him a little bit better. Um, and I hope y'all listen clearly because, you know, I only bring individuals on who drop the gems, okay? All right. With that being said, Mr. John D. Sanders, go ahead and introduce yourself, my brother.
1: God, what's going on, man. Thank you for having me, everybody out there. My name is John D. Saunders. I'm a web designer and brand strategist uh, and founder of Five Four Digital and Black Illustrations, as well as Black Wallet. And I'm just a serial entrepreneur that loves to to provide value back to the culture
0: beautiful beautiful man i love it i love it i love seeing us win first and foremost um second off which we're going to get into Yo, your instagram page like how it's set up and the value that you're providing and the information is just fire so at the end of this podcast ladies and gentlemen when you find out his ig handle i want y'all to go follow him because the vibes the energy the setup the aesthetic everything is on point he's obviously good at what he does so um With that being said, tell us a little bit about, you know, where you're from. How'd you grow up? What was life like growing up where you're from?
1: Yeah, man, definitely, definitely. So I was born in, in Brooklyn, New York, in a, in a small suburb area called Canarsie. And we moved from New York when I was six to South Florida. So I've lived in Hollywood, Florida for the majority of my life, man. I'm pretty much a Floridian. And I just grew up down here, man. And, and as a kid, you know, I was a, I was a bit introverted kind of to myself. I like to write, like to play basketball. Um, and I was pretty, I was a pretty quiet kid. So for me, you know, I was always wanted to create like a creative outlet or, or develop these creative skills. And so I started writing at a young age, you know, mom would always say before we could go outside, you know, you gotta read a book, you gotta do some educational stuff before you do. And I got into reading and writing uh, at a young age. And so, you know, kind of moving up through life, I, uh, I went to school down here in South Florida at FAU at a college down here for communications. In regards to the degree, man, I was just like, you know what, let me just get this degree, make my mom happy and just, you know, keep moving with my life. And so in college, I discovered um, like web design and WordPress. So WordPress, as we all know, is a content management system that you can use to build out websites without having to know a deep level of code. So you can really get by with HTML and CSS. And I built out my first website for my mom who was um, a teacher, it was a, a online tutoring platform that we built out through WordPress. And I learned through YouTube and just watching videos. And the biggest thing for me was taking this idea and making it something tangible that we could then provide to an audience who could fill out a contact form, reach out to her. And that was almost like my epiphany. And, and the, the, the switch was flipped where I was like, yo, I, I love this digital world. I want to get more involved in it and develop my skills. And so then... By then I was nineteen twenty. I was working at uh, bank Atlantic, which is a bank here in South Florida as a teller. And then I moved up to personal banking. And that's when I really just tried to couple my financial literacy with web design. I tried to get into the marketing department, they would not hire me. So I ended up doing two internships um, down here. And back then internships were free. You know, you're getting coffee, you're staying late. So it was really a grind and I wasn't getting paid. Um, But that allowed me to, to finally land a job in an agency I was a small agency, maybe five or six people here in Fort Lauderdale, which is about 30 minutes north of Miami. And while working there, man, I always tell folks, if you want to get into an industry, if you want to learn something, it's always good to, to, to practice but working for someone and learning from someone and taking those tangible skills and applying them to your you know your further self development is key because you're able to essentially get paid to learn on someone else's dime right you're getting paid to learn and develop your skills on the job you can learn from your bosses your peers and it really helps you develop your skill set while getting paid to do it and so i spent about 4 years there and the ceo really helped me man i was learning facebook ads seo web design all these different things taking these programs getting these certificates and um, you know, I gave it my all. And about uh, four years in, I decided to branch out on my own because I wanted to start my own business. I wanted to be my own, uh, an entrepreneur. And I had never gotten into entrepreneurship before, so I took like a part-time job. And then what I did was I was working on marketing there during the day, and at night I'd work on my friend's projects, family build-out stuff, and. That leads us to here, man. 5-4 Digital is, is my web design agency. We're completely remote, right? We don't have any office overhead. I work from this is my spot, my home office here. Um, my entire team is remote, both here in the U.S. and abroad. And man, we use systems to really develop and build out digital products for clients. I love it. I love it. I love it. So <laughs> I know that was a mouthful. <laughs> I know
0: You're good. I'm going to double back. So first, I would like to to touch on, you know, being born in Brooklyn. So how'd your parents end up in Brooklyn? Um, what, like, you know, do you, are your parents like, you know, first generation New York Cityans or, or what's that like? Where, where, how'd yeah. you end up? Canarsie, also shout out and rest in peace, pop smoke from the Canarsie area. Yes. So you just had to go ahead and drop that. Um, right. But yeah, tell me a little bit about how your parents ended up Ooh. in New York City.
1: Yeah, so my mom is an immigrant from Barbados, which is a West Indian island. In the West Indies, and then my dad is native New Yorker. His parents were from like Guyana, but he was, uh, I think, second generation uh, New Yorker. And he's still a New Yorker, man. He still lives in New York. My mom lives down here in Florida. They were divorced about uh, fifteen years ago. So um, they met at like a party in Brooklyn. And my mom, you know, has has that West Indian culture. My dad has that Yankee culture, and it somehow, you know, merged together to become to become one. So that's kind of where it all started,
0: man. And I think I think the reason I wanted to ask that question is because I'm catching like a very slight like island accent, just like a little bit like (laughs) mad like mad little, but I caught it at the beginning, and I was like, "Yo, like (laughs) must be (laughs) from
1: yeah, (laughs) man. You know, know, Barbados is my mom's. Yeah, we we pretty much West Indian, man. My wife, she's from Guyana, so um, we definitely got that West Indian culture, man. You know, oxtail, rice and peas, all that good stuff, man. (laughs) I love it. I love it.
0: And so moving, moving to Florida, man, what's, what's life like in Florida? Everyone always clown in Florida on Instagram and social media accounts <laughs> yeah. for, for like, wow, yeah, stuff man. that goes on in Florida. Was anything, did anything stand out to you about growing up in Florida or was it, you know, a general life of a, of a young cat just growing up in a
1: general Yeah, life? man. You know, it was honestly, my mom, she had came down here to visit my aunts. Um, and she was like, I love it here. You know, and in New York, we had trouble, you know, we lived in a rough neighborhood, Uh, My dad was getting into trouble. So my mom was like, you know, a change of scenery would definitely help us. Um, And I'm so glad she did it, man. I've been able to make so many connections and develop so many skill sets down here because one um, in regards to competition, there's not a huge amount of competition down here for people that are well adept at what they do. Right. Um, Florida, the weather's amazing. It's affordable to live here. Like me, I live in the suburbs, man. I got a wife and a son, so I get to live in the suburbs. And I get to run my business remotely it just works really well. And so when COVID hit, I think a lot of people realized that, hey, maybe I don't need all this overhead of this big sprawling office. Maybe I can downsize and have a couple team members there while everybody works remotely. So now with the more remote culture, it's beneficial for me because I can work from anywhere and I can develop and work on my team. And I already have six years of experience doing that. So mm-hmm. I can essentially live anywhere. And I choose to live in Florida because it's amazing, man. It's a melting pot of culture, right? You have Caribbean people here, West Indian people, Hispanic, white, black. There's just so many different varying cultures, the food, the vibe, everything is it's just great, man. And so I live um, in a suburb near, um, sorry, near, near uh, about 30 minutes north of Miami. That's, that's great.
0: I love it. I love it. That's amazing, man. So that, that actually leads me into a question I was going to have. So being that you're, you are already working remotely um, pre-COVID, what are some other things that maybe COVID interrupted in regards to your business? Were there any things that um, COVID, like did COVID, you know, require you to pivot in any certain ways? If so, how?
1: Great question. So for me, you know, having, having 5-4 Digital uh, as my primary business, it worked well because we i had already started building an and a remote ecosystem so already before covid hit i already had a system and a team that was working remotely so we use slack to communicate we have all of our task management through a, a program called asana where we can monitor tasks and talk to the team we have weekly check-ins um, we also do everything essentially remotely. So making that transition was seamless. Nothing changed in regards to the agency. Now, what did happen was in March for about three weeks, there was a lull in traffic. And usually we're getting consistent leads to the website. We have a pretty solid referral business of either clients and other people referring business. For three weeks, there was nothing, right? So in that interim, I thought, okay, well, let me just buckle down and focus on the businesses that I have or just develop them and create more standard operating procedures that I can delegate to my team. And then after that three-week kind of lull, man, it just took off because what happened was all these companies made this shift to, okay, we're virtual, we're digital now. Everything needs to move towards digital. So what do we need? We need branding. We need a new website. We need analytics. We need to start tracking all this stuff digitally. So then it's an influx of traffic to us saying, hey, John, we need this built out. Hey, John, we need this built out. So we have... We, we built probably 12 to 15 design contracts and development contracts. The great thing is my team was already virtual. So the ecosystem was built. So we're knocking out projects as we move forward and go. And um, you know, during that time we were working on a few projects and I was trying to find illustrations of black people like digital kind of animated illustrations of black people and bro, I couldn't find anything. Like i find one image and it might be like maybe a, just a white person that was darkened that still has like straight hair they didn't have like a lot of features that we had so i was like you know we have the team we have the eco the the, the structure in the business let's launch our own illustration platform so that's when i launched black illustrations.com man and that it was, it was insane. We had 10,000 downloads within a few weeks. Wow. We had, uh, we've already had 700,000 people visit the website, over 50,000 downloads. So all in the, in the span of about five to six months, it's already become a six figure business without even having to do a lot of paid promotion because the product was so solid and we provided a lot of free value to our audience. People were, were, were grabbing it like, like, like wildfire.
0: And, and on top of that, I think like the great thing that you pointed out is just that you try, you try to find something. And this is like for, for any potential entrepreneurs out there listening, like the most, it's not obviously it's not simple, but the best way to look at, in my opinion, starting a business is literally finding what's missing, finding what's not there, finding a problem, and then literally just filling that gap. And I think that's exactly what you did right there. You were seeking out something. You noticed that there was a lack of that um, out there in the world. And you were like, well, shit, I already have the team. I already have... I already have what I need to build out on this. And then you were like, well, let's do it. And you did it. And like you just said, you know, numbers shot up immediately because I think that was probably obvious to a lot of a lot of other black creatives or individuals who aren't creatives who just needed black animation. And they were like, Oh wow, now I have a source. You're the source that wasn't there, but you filled that gap. So anybody that's an entrepreneur listening right now or wants to be an entrepreneur or wants to start a business, start there, you know, start there. Try to find what's missing. Like look at your day-to-day life. What's something that's like? A problem. You're just like, dang, this is always in the way. Dang, I can never find this. Dang, this is a struggle. And then see if you have the skills or the team or the network um to 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 put to put something together to fill that gap. So thank you for sharing that. That's fine.
1: Yeah, no, of course,
0: of course. Um and you know right there you kind of gave us, you know, the 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 problem and then the solution and how you started that part of your company but with 5.4 digital can you tell me like at the beginning of that what what was the problem you were trying to fill why did you decide to start that company what inspires you to do that
1: yeah so so i, I had been working i've been working at the agency for about four years i started there just doing social media writing some html um, for websites and then i ended up becoming marketing director so i was overseeing the, the team we were working with clients like Audi, brings over Um, for those of our clients and we're doing the marketing and strategy for the dealership, the dealership level. So I wanted to branch out of that industry because we were just automotive clients and I wanted to help local businesses, nonprofits, startups primarily because that's the space that I really drive. So I launched an agency and the the biggest mistake I made when I launched the agency was we were full service. So we did SEO, we did search engine marketing, we did Facebook ads, we did Google ads, we did web design, we did web development, we did social media, we did everything, right? And this was just me starting out by myself. So I was doing all the work, doing everything, working 16-hour days. You know, my wife, she's, you know, what, what, what are you doing? You're working all the time. You have no chance to, to, you know, kind of do anything. And so, the biggest issue was, damn, I don't have time for anything. So then, about Two and a half or three years in, my wife got pregnant. And that's when it really hit me where I'm like, yo, I can't live like this. Like I can't work 16 hours a day and not spend time with my wife and son and develop this life. So that's when I literally sat down and I started to write down every single step of every single procedure we were running in the business. For example, how we how we set up Google Analytics, how we do a website audit. I literally write, wrote down every single step in the process and then I recorded myself doing those actions. And then once I started to have these standard operating procedures in the business, I started to hire and delegate these tasks to team members. So I hired a virtual assistant first and I hired a project manager. Um, and then, you know, I would hire these people usually on a project basis. So as we got projects in, I could hire them as an independent contractor. And then if we worked out, then I can bring them in on part-time, full-time type of buy. So it was really a vetting process of getting that done. And man, once I started to delegate, I saw it free of my time. And now I can focus on big picture, on growing the business. And at that point, I was like, listen, we're doing too many things at once. We need to really own in on the main things that we do really, really well and just provide that service. So we got rid of everything else. And now we literally do three things. We do web design, web development, branding. That's it. We don't do social media. We have strategic agency partners that we can give, you know, that we can collaborate with. And once a client's project is done, or maybe we're working together, and then once it's done, we give them all the pieces that they need. But ultimately what that does is that lets us focus on the main aspects of the business and we can systematize everything. So from client to client, the process doesn't change, right? It might change in regards to the type of client or who we're working with, but the process stays consistent and we're able to automate that and delegate that. And it really, really helps in the growth of the business. And once I did that, man, the business grew exponentially. We grew 250% in that first year. Then I was able to launch an online course I was able to launch blackillustrations.com, focus on blackwallet.org and still be able to build 5.4 digital. So, um, anyone that's out there, you know, don't try to do it all. Really own in on the main skill set that you have. Leverage that skill set, learn as much as you can, absorb as much as you can and then begin to build a process and delegate it to uh, to start building out your team and and free up your time.
0: I love that. And speaking of um... Building out your team. So you kind of broke down how you, you know, the process of you writing down the each each operation and then how you delegated it. And but when it came to like the hiring or finding these people who could do this, what did you do? Like what websites are you looking for these people to hire off of? How yeah. did you how did you put your team together? Um, I guess is the question. how did you put your team yeah. together like actually like you know for people out there who are maybe where you were a couple years ago and they're like dang like i'm overloaded with work i need a team how can they do that
1: yeah the first the first thing you do is of course build out your operating procedures. that's before you hire anyone anyone because the worst thing you can do is hire someone and then day-to-day like hey just do this task. okay just do this you want to have an automate you want to have a a set of structure for everything that they're going to be learning because it's going to be easier for you to delegate that Uh, Next step is to really think about the tasks that take up the most of your time that are not like essentially like thought-provoking, maybe like the busy work or the things that take a lot of time that you don't necessarily have to be spending time on that you can create a system for and delegate. And then the first site you want to go to is if you want to have people do like more like busy work or virtual assistant type of jobs, like checking your email, organizing lists, doing research, you can go on a website like onlinejobs.ph or Upwork. And you can find really affordable offshore virtual assistants. Um, you can and you know you can pay them about four to maybe eight or nine dollars an hour, depending on their their skill set, to help with those projects. The great thing is you don't have to hire these individuals full time, right? You can vet them, you can work with them, and you can give them a couple projects and see how they do. Based on that, then you can kind of increase that workload and, and really start to collaborate and build these um these your your team that way, and then. Um, What I like to do is I like to hire uh, people that have a certain level of skill. They might not be masters at what they do, but they have a good level of those skills. So they're still pretty affordable, but then they're teachable, right? You're able to give them your operating procedures and help them increase their skill set, increase their value. And then incrementally, you're paying them and then that's increasing over time as they improve and, and get better at what they do. And so some great platforms for that are onlinejobs.ph. That's for finding offshore team members in, like, the Philippines. That's great for, like, virtual assistants. Uh, There's Virtual, where you can find U.S.-based virtual assistants here in the States. There's Upwork. I mean, I found people in Nigeria and the Caribbean in um, in India in the U.S. There's so many opportunities. So now with the world economy, you can basically find people that, that fit the best bill, and they don't necessarily have to be in your same zip code.
0: Love it, love it. And so you mentioned some systems like Asana and Slack that, that help you, um, I guess, organize and communicate. Is there anything else that you use in regards to um, communication with your team members or oh, with man. your virtual
1: assistant? Oh, yeah, I got tons. So I'm, 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 I'm pulling on my tech stack now. So one, uh, markup.io was a great collaboration tool. It's absolutely free. Um, You can basically upload web designs, logos, and then you can leave comments and your team can leave comments as well. So it's almost like a platform where you can communicate regarding specific projects. Uh, That's one of my favorites. Next one, Airtable. Think of Airtable as um, a spreadsheet on steroids. Like you can organize content, filter content. Uh, One of my platforms, illustratorhub.com, which is a free website for finding Black illustrators, runs on Airtable. So check that out when you can. Uh, my other favorite tool, this is by another Black founder. Um, this company did like 60 million last year. Um, it's called Calendly. That's right. Uh, which I like. is, I like yeah, I Calendly. Like Calendly. Is, that's like your calendar on God mode, man. It's, it's super dope. And then um, another, a, a few other ones are Podia, which is a great education platform. I have about 200 students in my web design accelerator course where I teach other uh, web designers how to launch and, and scale their, their agency. We use Podia to manage that great they don't charge a five percent fee really affordable Uh, and then maybe one more i'll do zapier is a great one where you can integrate different tools uh, together different apps and and have them perform specific tasks like for example someone fills out a form on your site but i automatically send them a follow-up email drop it into a database type of thing so those are some of my favorite uh tools that i use daily i love that and those are just things that you've developed over the years that you found were helpful and so you integrated it into your daily process and things of that nature right exactly exactly and the great thing about it because we don't do offer a ton of services we don't need a huge tech stack right we only need a few oh last one i want to mention is webflow which is a website builder um it's crazy it's in my opinion it's better than wordpress better than anything out there um, and you can build custom websites in, in in record time so webflow definitely check that out too i love that i love that man Well, you've been providing gems
0: so far. I just want you. (laughs) I'm trying, man. Trying to drop some bars, you know. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So, um, with with individuals who might be interested in like entering the the field that you work in, like web design, um, becoming a brand strategist, or understanding brand and learning how to uh, really help others understand brand, what would you suggest? they do in regards to learning about this industry or that industry or because i know those are kind of two separate things so web design and then brand but uh youtube videos books like is there what What would you suggest to individual who's starting at the beginning does to let's just focus on web design right now to start learning about web design
1: yeah there's there are so many free resources now now here's my thing i spend a lot on self-development on courses like i literally spent not much this year, but I maybe spent like 500 bucks yesterday on just buying courses and learning to develop my skills. So for someone starting out, like, you know, with me, when I started out, I didn't have much cash. I didn't have much expendable cash. I had to get it done. YouTube is a great resource. There's tons of um, web designers on there. Rand Siegel is probably one of my favorites. He, he works primarily in Webflow. Uh, so you can just YouTube specific things that you're trying to do. But I always tell folks, if you're trying to get into web design and development, First thing you do is talk to your friends, your family, any entrepreneurs that you know and say, hey, I'm starting up my business. I need to start building case studies. Can I build out your website for you? Mm-hmm. And then maybe charge them at cost or maybe do it for free or maybe do it at discount, you know, however works best for you. But start to build out those case studies, because the best way to do that is to learn in the process. Next thing is to, to read as many books about user experience, which is UX and UI, user interface, to really learn how people think, because the biggest thing is anyone can build a beautiful website, right? It doesn't take a lot to build a nice-looking website. The biggest thing is you want that site to converge. So you want those that, that user experience to be able to cause them to create an action in the user, meaning they fill out a form, they call you, something. So you need to learn how people think and the ways that they interact with technology. So some great books. I'm looking at my bookcase right now. One great book is uh, Creativity, Inc. There's uh, Don't Make Me Think is another great read. I'm just looking at my web design books. Uh, Digital minimalism. Let's see. um, Feel like an artist. And then there is my favorite YouTube channel period for designers, creatives. It's called The Future without an E at the end. Uh, So it's The Future without an E at the end and it's run by a guy named Chris Doe, Chris D O. They provide a wealth of content for free. They also have premium products. So it can be overwhelming so I always tell folks just focus on helping one person at a time that you know help them build out their 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 design or their website and then kind of go from there I love it I love it
0: so for you personally do you kind of have like a um sorry forgive me for my 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 lack of knowledge around the language to use but no no no, no, you're fine do you have like a funnel of what of like how you kind of uh drawing customers so like Instagram content from there they're going to go here and then from here they're going to go there if so can you uh maybe drop it? I yeah. mean, I don't want you to release too much information Oh nah man everything. I'm an open
1: book bro anything you ask me I'm I'm, I'm open to it so okay. for me I'm lucky enough to after this is the first thing when I launched the agency all the other agency owners were like, "John, you're giving away too much free information. You're giving away people. You're telling people what to do. Now, why are they even going to collaborate with you? Why are they going to work with you?" But I thought that I'm not a real sales guy. The way that I sell it is by showing you, "Hey, these are the things that I know, and here's how you can use them to apply to your business." Um, and so, by, in the beginning, man, I'm telling people, "Hey, here are the things you need for your website. Here's here's a checklist. The checklist that I use. Here's the process that I go through to build these out." So, what happened over time is. Value always compounds. When people see value and you're providing value consistently, they're seeing who you are, they're knowing who, what you do and you're becoming a thought leader. So when people think of web design, people think of branding, who are they going to think of? John. Who are they going to think of? 5-4 Digital. AB, our, our design lead. So w- when they're thinking about that, you're becoming top of mind. So if you're in circles and you're in conversations you don't even know you're in. And what happens over time is You might have one person that follows you on Instagram that sees your content consistently for a year and a half and they don't work with you. But they might tell somebody to work with you or collaborate with you. They might be in a circle where they're having a conversation. They're like, oh, I know a guy on Instagram. He shows his work. He shows what he's working on. His name is John. Reach out to him. And then boom, you have a $15,000 web design contract, right? For someone that doesn't even know you, but they know the value that you bring. So I always tell people, create value upfront and don't look for that immediate return build the content upfront, build that value, watch it compound over time. And then you get to the point where you don't have to, like, I don't run ads. I don't do any, the only ads I run are for my courses. For me in the business, we don't run any ads. And now we do web design. We have a specific set amount that we'll work with and we only work with startups. So that's pretty much our, our stipulations and we're able to secure five to seven leads per week.
0: Wow, I love it. Love it! I love success. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Um, so let's see. I kind of there's like so many questions I want to ask. So, <laughs> um, nice. you talk, can you kind of uh, break down what brand is? A lot of people hear about brand all the time. You know, like as this as the social world gets stronger and stronger, and people spend more and more hours on the internet. All they're seeing is following all these motivational guys or gurus and, and uh, on the internet, and they hear the word brand this, brand that. It's about brand. It's about branding. What the hell is brand? <laughs> and and why is it so important?
1: Yeah. To keep it simple, man, branding is is essentially how a potential buyer or user perceives or sees the brand. So it's 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 the type of feeling that they get when they collaborate with the brand. It's the overall look and feel of your brand and how people perceive it in their eyes. That's pretty much the overall kind of thought process behind branding. And now to create a solid brand, you need to have a few things. You need to have a consistent voice. You need to have a color palette and a logo that are both matching and aesthetically pleasing to the eye. You need to make sure that your copy and the imagery that you're creating is consistent with your values and what you want to bring to your audience. And so all of that comes together as a culmination in what's called a brand identity. And so a brand identity can be uh, your vision for the business, uh, your competitors, right? Who are your top competitors and how do they fit within the brand? Your color palette, how your logo looks on specific materials, social media collateral, all that can be coupled into the brand identity. So essentially, it's how others perceive your brand.
0: I like that. I love that.
1: I love that. Great way of explaining it man
0: so we've talked about the the businesses you started we've talked about systems operations books to read how to how to develop some skills in these different industries we talked about a little bit about your upbringing so now i kind of want to jump into um a little bit more about you know maybe how you live your life in terms of just day to day so I know mental health has been a conversation that people will talk about consistently and constantly throughout the COVID period because a lot of people have been, you know, being affected by it even in, in, in higher degrees. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how you maintain your own mental health, how you've done that through COVID and just in general, how you stay stable and cool so that you can still, you know, take care of yourself and also your family without getting overwhelmed or crazy or anything, right?
1: Definitely, definitely. Um- I, I, you know me, I'm candid, man. It's 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 hard some days. You know what I mean. It's really hard, especially um, the year before last. My mom got really sick. She's she's been recuperating, but you know us being so close knit as a family, you know that's pretty much how we spend our outings. You know we have family dinners, we have people over. That it's, it's mostly a family type of dynamic, right? And so you know, that that kind of threw me off. And then with COVID and, and all these things going on with, with people that are close to you and friends and all these people getting sick, man, it takes a toll. It definitely does. So for me to kind of unplug and unwind, the the best things, the, the best ways that I do that are one, spending time with my wife and son. That's always priority. And I don't work now more than seven hours a day. Um, I used to work 12, 14, 16. And When I started to create processes and delegate, I'm able to free up my time more where I can focus on, okay, this project looks good, and just kind of working with my team. So I'm not the one designing and developing anymore. I'm the one coming up with the concepts and big picture ideas, and then I'm delegating all that stuff. So now I can work six to seven days a week. I'm sorry, six to seven hours a day broken up, and I can spend time with my son and my, and my wife and really had that, that life balance. And some things that help me are, man, just, just eating right, right? Making sure I'm eating breakfast, eating lunch, eating dinner. Um, we use HelloFresh, which is a pre- pretty cool service where you, they ship you, like, all the ingredients and everything and you can cook. Because we try to think of ways, okay, how can we leverage the money that we're making to free up more time? And that's just another way to free up more time, right? We use Instacart. We use, um, we use HelloFresh. That saves time from going to the grocery store where now we can sit down and watch a movie or we can sit down and have dinner or, you know, work on this fish tank that we were putting together. So for me, I think of ways, okay, how can I use this income that I'm making to free up more time? Um, Another thing that we did since COVID was we converted one of our rooms to a gym. So now, boom, as soon as you wake up, you go down to the gym, you get your workout in. That saves me another 30 minutes actually heading out and going to the gym. That saves me time in regards to investing Driving back and forth, so so that's another uh, way to that that helps me kind of level myself. And then a couple other things, man. I love to read. Um, you can see my bookcase right here is growing right there. <laughs> love it, love it, love yeah, it. yeah. I'll share some of my favorites. And then um, meditation is is key too, man. I try to meditate ten to fifteen minutes a day. And then just last thing is really just I'm trying to start the day off early, like Monday through Friday. I try to wake up about five thirty, workout, journal, read. So by the time it's like 7.30 and my wife and, you know, my son are waking up, I've already done a lot of these things on the front end of my day. So I can work. I can split that time between the family and really just have that that more balanced day. I love it. I love it. I love it. Man,
0: vibes, bars, gems. <laughs> I love it. Man,
1: okay. Hi, man. So, I'm to, to
0: so, so not trying to be funny, but
1: when did you decide to go ball? You been balled all the <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, this was not a decision, bro. I had to, I had to do it, man. Listen, if I do my hair out right now, I look like Jordan Jefferson. No cap. <laughs> no hair grows right here. It's like literally, like slit, man. So, man, I started losing. My, I'm not one of the guys that's gonna hold on to my hairline when it's back here, man. I was yeah, just Like, you know what? Never, that's how I, how I, I gotta let it go. So, I was like 24, 25. I started losing my hair, man, and I just, and I just kept it really low. And then when I went bald, it was kind of like no one even, like realized because my hair was always so low. Low, right, right, right. That makes sense. I've been like going back and forth
0: with myself, like yo, I'm. I mean, I'm not going bald. I got the hair and everything, but I'm just like, man, I'm just tired of taking care of stuff. I'm just like, <laughs> you know what? I just want a nice, clean, trimmed beard. Take the hair all the way out and just be good. I'll, <laughs> I'll wait a couple more years. I'll wait a couple more. Hey, years. man,
1: listen. You got to do, you, got, you know you can make the decision. You'll have to you, know, you can wait. You can be patient. You can chill, man love
0: it so so i want to ask you you know with you being in the in the field that you're in i know you kind of dropped some of the reasons that you really like Florida but why not why not silicon Valley why not new york city why not la um it, have you ever been drawn to those cities do you think that there's because, you know, a lot of people, for example, I live in Kansas City, Missouri, right? And a lot of individuals, regardless of their field, um, they might be creatives, they might be artists, they might be web designers, they might be in media, they might want to start a social media company, but they all, from the conversations I've been having, feel like they need to go to LA, they feel like they need to go to New York, and I felt like that at one point too, and sometimes still feel like that. That's why I was out there in LA for a couple of years. But yeah, why have you not made
1: the decision to go out there? Or what makes you feel like you can just do what you need to do where you're at right now? Good question, Carlos. So, it's it's one of those things where, man, I honestly I love it down here. The weather is great. You know, last night we were outside sitting by the pool, relaxing, having mojitos, relax. And it's like this is you, I feel like we live in a tropical paradise. So maybe that's my my West Indian lineage because I'm able to have the best of both worlds. Right? I can have American health care. I can have all these things here. You know, entrepreneurship. But then I can still benefit from the weather and climate of you know Barbados or or right. uh, or Jamaica. So. That's one thing that I love about down here. Another thing is, especially now, man, there's been like a mass exodus from the West Coast because Mm -hmm. people are like, okay, I live in Silicon Valley. I'm paying four thousand dollars a month for rent for a one bedroom and I'm working remotely. Like, why? Why am I here? You know, I can move to I can move to Texas where I can buy a mansion for two fifty dollars and pay, you know, $1,700 every month in rent and be, you know, chilling and working remotely, right? And now that we're seeing a more remote economy become prevalent, people are realizing that they don't need to have that gravitational pull to these really expensive tech hubs, I say, because now it's, you know, everything is remote, right? So of course, we'll probably get to another level of normalcy, but there's no way that the the majority of people working right now remotely are gonna go back to working a job full-time in an office. There's no way, especially now that they've seen the other side where they're like, damn, you know, I got time to spend with my kid. I can go to the doctor's office during the day. Like, there's just so much opportunity now. And and the companies are paying a lot less in overhead, right? They're not paying for these massive um, $30,000 rental bills because everybody's working remote, right? So. For me, the reason is I love it down here. I can work remotely with my team from anywhere. And the next piece of that is, you know, my, what we do spend on—we travel, man. We love to travel. You know, we've been to Europe, we've been to the West Coast, East Coast, we've been to almost all the Caribbean islands. So for us, living here as a hub and then being able to travel three, four times a year is is, is key. You know, and that's that's pretty much how it's worked out for us. Um, you know, living here in South Florida. I, I, could I see myself living somewhere else? Maybe, yeah. You know, I keep my I keep my options open. I definitely probably keep this house and maybe rent something out somewhere else. But it's it's definitely an option. But I, I just love it here, man.
0: I love it. So I wanted to talk a little bit about because I know you mentioned Black Wallet and um, you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast a little bit about. Um, finances and things of that nature. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, financial education, financial freedom. What does that mean to you? How important is financial freedom to you? How important is financial education and what are some ways you think society as a whole, um, but especially in the state's educational system, that we could do better in regards to educating our children about finances and, and just, you know, wealth and different ownership and different things in, in, in that world?
1: Ooh, that's a, that's a, I love a question, man. And that's a great one. So as most young college kids, man, I didn't know much about money, you know, 19 and credit card debt, didn't know what I was doing. Um, the good thing is when I was in college, like I said, I worked at the bank, right? When I worked at the bank, I learned from the personal banking system. And as I became a personal banker, I learned about loans and, and purchasing a home and all these different aspects. And if I never would have worked at that job, I probably would have still been in the same boat, right? Because fundamentally, you know, the educational system, they're not teaching you, okay, wow, you turn 20, here's how you buy your first home. Oh, did you know that there's a federal housing administration grant that you can get where you can pay three and a half percent? Like, there's all these options that no one has no idea. Like, a lot of people are like, well, I can't afford a house. Little do they know, if they have 5500 they can go buy a duplex, live in one side, rent out. Listen, there's so many different options that if you don't know, you just don't know. And so it's not, the, it's not necessarily that... That folks don't have the money, but if they don't have the know-how to make it applicable to what they're doing. So for me, I, I started reading financial books, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I was like, listen, man, you know, we didn't grow up with a lot, you know, we grew up pretty poor. I want to make sure that I'm able to, and listen, I'm not sitting here saying I need to make millions. I'm, I'm saying any money that I make, I need to be able to leverage it to make more. Because a lot of people don't realize is that you don't need a ton of money to make money but you do need to have financial literacy to create generational wealth. So at that point, I was doing well enough where I was looking at on on, um, websites like NerdWallet and Penny Hoarder and learning from these tips, right? I mean, I purchased my first home and my mom's first home before I turned 27 because I was just saving and making sure that I was getting and finding these deals online. And so that's when I was like, I feel like there's a lot of financial literacy out there, but it's not a lot that talks to our community. So, I was like, I'm gonna launch blackwallet.org, where we're just gonna talk about content based on our life and our lifestyles. And so, one of our articles that has about 150,000 hits um, is about Nipsey Hustle, where Nipsey said, you know, RIP to one of the GOATs, man. He's probably my favorite entrepreneur. Um, but he said that, you know, I got a million dollars on my flesh, meaning he has a million dollar insurance policy on his life. God forbid if something happens to him, his family's taken care of. So, we broke down that line and we said, hey, did you know that there's whole health? There's all these different life insurance policies that you can get. And if you're if you're 34 years old and you're in decent health, you could pay 80 bucks a month and you can have a million dollar policy. Now, a lot of people thinking, oh, this is probably gonna cost me hundreds, but a lot of people can afford that. A lot of people can have a, a policy to take care of their family. And so blackwallet.org was made to create a community, man. I wasn't trying to get rich off this platform. I was really just trying to create valuable content. That people can use. And right now we have about 5,000 folks in our Facebook group. Um, We get about 20 to 30,000 hits on the website per month. And then we had a best-selling book on Amazon called a step-by-step guide to building wealth from $1. And I'd show you how to take that dollar that you have and invest it and and create more income uh, for your lifestyle. And that's just, that's just what I'm about, man. It's really just about being able to to leverage this, this gift and this, these skills that I have and build products that really help people of it man you have me over here st- hey look when I be <laughs> stuck I'll be like
0: <laughs> i be like I like this I like this man well I want to shout you out for everything that you're doing so far man it's Thank you, man. Out, not only to me but also the you know, thousands of other people that follow you that that support you that um that will follow you after this podcast or whatever whatever it might be um you know I just want you to know that you're providing a lot of value you're doing some good Appreciate work that. shout out to you Appreciate um that. So I want to ask you about some influences. It doesn't have to be web design. It doesn't have to be brand. But who are some influential figures throughout your life that really inspired you to just want to do great? And it could be in any sector of life. It could be finances. It could be spirituality. Whatever it is. What are
1: some people that are... Oh, man. There's so many, man. You know, two definitely top my wife. She's believed in me, man. I've actually worked. I met her at the bank. You know what I mean? And she... Believed in me then, man, I didn't have a car, you know, then I got a car, I had a 95 Tercel with no AC, but she saw, you know, she believed in that and helped me and helped me definitely achieve my dreams. Mom Dukes, you already know, man, she's uh, she's always an inspiration. And then when it comes to folks like out there, one is Donald Glover, man, Donald Glover or Childish Gambino, you know, you know the, the rapper. Yeah, of course, right. Who is a, a renaissance man, man. He, he taught me the fact that, hey, you don't have, you can be great at one thing, but you can take that that greatness and make it applicable to other things. Mm-hmm. So he's a great writer, a great producer, a great music. You know, and he's like just a renaissance man. So he's definitely one of my um uh, my 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 mentors. Um man, there's so many. Of course there's uh there's a the founder of Blavity. Her name is Morgan DeBond. She's another great influential entrepreneur that I look up to. Um man, there's oh Christo this dude is tell your whole audience to check him out. Chris Doe is the founder of the Future, which is essentially like a branding, like platform where he teaches you has courses. He's probably one of my favorite entrepreneurs. And man, there's so many. I'm looking at my library right now, and there are just so many inspirational people. Man, I just learn as much as I can from books. I tell people all the time, you know, you can spend ten to fifteen bucks to learn from a master at the craft, and all it takes is you to open up a crack open a book and just take some notes and and make them applicable to your life. So yeah, man, that's a that's kind of my, a few of my favorite entrepreneurs. And then lastly, of course, Nipsey Hussle, man, Man, his, his kind of, his trajectory is exactly where I want to be, man. You know, tech centric, he started his own um, incubator, which is one of my dreams is to start an incubator down here in South Florida, where I can kind of have black entrepreneurs come in, help them grow, help them develop, and then, um, you know, put them out into the world. So uh, definitely, definitely, that's my list. I love it. I love it. I think, I think two things that I've learned from this podcast
0: right now is number one, man, educate yourself in any way possible. Like, you know, there's so much access to information and education out there, especially with this new world, with with the internet at the tip of our fingers, you just have to make the choice to be actionable and intentional with what you're going to learn and what you're going to consume. So that's number one. And number two is that you know, it's cliche to say, but there's enough time in the day. There's enough time in the day to get things done. You literally just mentioned like three or four huge things that you're running, by the way, you know, like with the illustration company, with 5-4-Digital, with with, um, with NerdWallet.org, I mean BlackWallet.org, um, you know, like running a fam- like having a family, you know, trying to be a leader in the community, like there's so much that you're doing. And you're still making time for, you know, a little baby podcast. You know what I'm
1: saying? You know what I'm saying? Oh no, nah, man. And, this is this is what it's about. You know, this this is why I do it because I'm able to have time to have some conversations like this. But this this is what it's about, man. And when you lose sight of that, then what's the point? You know what I mean? You want to be able to reach people and help them. And if one of my one of the things that I said sparks an idea in someone, I, I did I did what I was supposed to do. Facts. Facts. I love it.
0: Well, I just wanted to say those few things. All right. I have a a two, two more final questions. Yeah, we
1: good, man. We (laughs) chilling.
0: Blessings, blessings. Okay. So next question is if you could choose one other like industry or field to like jump into, even if you don't have any knowledge on it right now or anything, if you could choose one other thing to just like randomly jump into at this point in your life, if it obviously made sense, what would it be?
1: Oh, without question, film. I'm like, bro, I'm like a huge, huge, huge movie buff, man. I'm big into anime, movies, TV shows. Like, um, my dream is to write a sci-fi novel. Well, I'm working on it now. Um, to okay, so okay. write a sci-fi novel that gets turned into a movie. Like, that's one of my goals, man. So I'm a huge movie buff. And I always tell my wife, I'm like, listen, once I'm done with this, like, web design and digital stuff, I'm moving into the film industry. So that's, uh, that's definitely a no-brainer.
0: I love it. I love it. And this wasn't part of my questionnaire, but <laughs> now I kind of want to ask because you've mentioned your wife a few times throughout the podcast and I love it, but I want you to talk a little bit about maybe some important principles that you follow or, you know, keep close to your heart when it comes to relationships and, and keeping a healthy and loving relationship and how important that is to, you know, life, to, to just growth here, here on earth,
1: man. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's one of one key, man. And this is something that all of us struggle with is making sure to put the phone down and create downtime because it, it can it can put a strain on a relationship in regards to you're always on your phone. You know, you're on separate sides of the room. So what we try to do is, one, I only have three apps that have notifications on my phone. Everything else is off. Um, That's that that helps me alleviate picking up the phone every two seconds and checking it. And it makes it a lot easier. And then just having time with your significant other or your family outside of, you know, sitting down and watching a movie. Maybe you go out to eat. or Maybe you stay in to eat. Or like yesterday, we went to the pet store and we got all this stuff for our fish tank. And we're talking to the guy. And just having those type of moments are, are crucial, most definitely. But I think that a lot of people, you know, we always put emphasis on work, work, work. we got to hustle, hustle, hustle. And, and it's important, right, it's a, to a certain degree. But we shouldn't define ourselves by the work that we do. You know, we should define ourselves by the change that we create in the world based on the work that we're creating or based on the things that we're doing. So I always tell folks to it's OK. You know, in my industry, we're not saving lives over here. You know, what I mean? <laughs> we're still making tangible products that help people and help them develop. But there's 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 more important things to life than just work. And ultimately, your career, the things that you're doing are a means to an end that end being success in both your life and the
0: life of, you know, those around you. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So it's your last day on
1: earth. All right. It's your last day
0: on earth. You've you've lived a, a long, healthy, successful, loving, great life of leadership and just lots of beautiful things, right? But it's your last day. Your great grandkids are sitting at your feet, looking up at you. And everything you've ever done has to leave earth with you. And so there'll be nothing for them to look at. There'll be no, there'll be no internet YouTube videos of you to watch. There'll be no Instagram some things of you to watch for, for your great grandkids, but they have to know how to live life. So what's your one piece of advice that you're going to leave with them before you leave earth on how to live life?
1: Just to genuinely be a good person and do things because you want to give back and not because you feel like it's going to, you know, result in you getting something in return. So I say live life selflessly and do so in a way that you're giving back to the people that you know in your community without looking for, for anything in return. That, I mean, that, that might be hard for some people to absorb or digest, but I, I truly believe that's the truth.
0: I love it. Before we leave the Culture Talks podcast today, I want you to share with the listeners top three hip hop albums that you've experienced throughout your life.
1: Oh man, what? That's a hard one. Now, that's a hard one. Okay, so, whew. all right. One is it gotta be the life and times of Sean Carter. A lot of people don't know that. That's like one of my favorite Jay Z albums. Um, that's 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 one. Um, Watch the Throne is probably one of my favorite albums ever. Man, just flawless, flawless album. Oh, I'm trying to think, man. Whew. That's probably my number one, Watch the Throne, actually. And then, ah, man. (sighs) Blueprint, or no, Black Album, Black Album.
0: All right, all right.
1: You know what? I
0: already liked you, but you just made me like it. <laughs> he, gave, he gave straight Jay-Z. I love it, you know? And the, fun, the, the the funny thing is, man, every time I ask somebody that I find inspirational that just provides a lot of light, it's very actually kind of weird that that this is the case. But every time I ask somebody, like, their favorite albums, like, at least two of the top three are always Jay-Z, which kind of says a lot to me about Jay-Z because Jay-Z kind of reminds me of, like, a Nipsey Hustle. Nipsey Hustle, really, I mean, obviously, Nick, Learn from victory lap is in my top five
1: man it's definitely a flawless album as well man but 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 like just how
0: they lead their life and you know from from the progress that they they went about through the process of life is just beautiful and is inspiring it's kind of like i know i'm not going to be a rapper but everything outside of that i'm trying to be like you know i'm trying to take from them yep. and, and learn and apply so i love that you said that bad, but, bad. thank you again for your time today man I know that you didn't have to dedicate the time, but I'm glad you did. You provided a lot of value. Likewise, man. I'm glad so, I could. Hey, major blessings. Um, before we hop out of there, can you leave your social media accounts, website, where people can find you out and find you at and how they can support you?
1: Most definitely. Most definitely. All right, y'all. So you can find me on IG. Instagram, I'm probably the most active. That you can find me at John D, D's and dog, Saunders. So John D, at John D Saunders. You can check out my personal website and join my email list. I, I drop uh, weekly gems on johndsaunders.co. That's .co. And lastly, uh, if you want to check out the agency, just check out five the number 5 for 4digital.com.
0: Love it. Love it, man.
1: Y'all oh, And then it. blackillustrations.com. And black, blackillustrations.com if you're looking for free illustrations mm-hmm. uh, for your digital projects. And then if you need just financial literacy help or any tips, tricks, Check out blackwallet.org, my bad. <laughs> do that, do that. Also, I love blackwallet.org, ladies
0: and gentlemen. So please go check that out. Y'all know I really care about that, uh, about financial education, especially for our community. So y'all go tap in there. But um, thank you guys for listening. This is another episode of the Culture Talks with John B. Saunders. Please send this to your friends because they need the gems. With that being said, <laughs> much love from Kansas shitty Missouri. You dig, peace out. I'm sorry, no, 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 no,